And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Things in life are bad They can really make you mad Other things just make you swear and curse When you're chewing on life's gristle That grumble, give a whistle And this'll help things turn out for the best And always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life. You, you know, DC. Yes, Doc. Uh, we are now at 47 seconds into that song. And I'm not so sure whether or not that constitutes a copyright violation. I mean, I'm not sure it counts as fair use unless it's it's a, it's being done in, say, like a a show in which the cusp of the conversation were a review of that that work. So I think to cover ourselves, we probably have to talk about Eric Idle's lyrical stylings and uh, whether or not we felt that this was a superior version of the song, which I'm presuming this is from Life of Brian, as opposed to uh, the version that we more recently heard, Together But Not Together, in... Monty Python spam a lot. I had some lovely moments staring at the back of your head since you had slightly better seats than I did for slightly. spam a lot. But uh, yes, uh, for the first time in quite a long time, Doc Manson and I were in the same room. Of course, we didn't plan on it, and we weren't sitting together. And we spoke for a grand total of I think fifty-two seconds. Uh, but you know, any time you can rhyme gristle and whistle, you should. Out of curiosity, how is this episode going to start? Like, are you just going to throw the DDT thing on at the yes. beginning? Yes, and then it's going to cut to the the Eric Idle singing. This is good stuff. And so, yeah, really, I think that, you know, on the scale of versions of, you know, always look on the bright side of life, I'd say that this is the inferior version now. What did you Have you think? heard the Broadway cast performance? I don't believe so. No, the the first time I saw Spamalot was Saturday when we saw it at a local repertory theater production featuring Richard Klein who did star as Larry Tripper in uh Three's Company, I believe. So, you know, and then there There's were some, that. there were other people as well, including possibly the most muscular guy I've ever seen in my life. But you watch wrestling. I would put Sir Lancelot on par with... I don't. I would love to see which wrestlers could do push-ups like that. He was almost vertical at one point. It's true. He was um, big and strong and hot, as I believe the lyrics of that song go. He was definitely big and strong. Anything other than that makes me uncomfortable. So of course, of course. But yeah, did I you... think I, I, I've seen Spamalot before. I saw it uh, when it was playing. Uh, it was on tour, I think, and I it, I saw it at Boston Commons. I I don't remember what the theater name was. But it was right off of Boston Common, 
And that was a good show as well. Obviously, much more production value in that version. But, you know, I thought the version that we saw was was very good. The performances were all pretty good. Considering they were mostly college students from a local university, I was fairly impressed with how well they did. You know what I'm fairly impressed about? What's we're that? four minutes into this podcast, and we've barely even mentioned wrestling at all. I I thought we had agreed that we're just we're we're not going to talk. Nothing's happened. Nothing. Well, sure, there was a pay per view, and you know maybe somebody quit, and then we're getting ready for another pay per view, and uh, no way yeah. Jose, no way Jose wrestled. But yeah, to your point. Uh, so, what was your favorite number from Spamalot? <sighs> uh the song that goes like this, I think. Oh, that's the, a good one. The the one with the Lady of the Lake and Sir Galahad was quite good. Okay. Yep. So, but uh, anyways, welcome to DDT Wrestling, the Broadway edition. Uh, my name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Joined as always by Doc Manson at Doc. Hello. Manson. Uh, please send us emails ddtwrestling at gmail dot com. We have a website ddtpod dot com where you can go and share your thoughts. Check out our columns when they are there. Uh, you can see all sorts of great things and be part of the neighborhood. Uh, so, besides, what was your favorite number? Besides. You know, what what did you enjoy most? Who's your favorite character in the Spamalot universe? Hmm, in the Spamalot universe, in the play, I suppose. Oh, jeez. Uh, I like them all. I I don't know. That, that's a hard right. question for me to answer. King Arthur, probably, if I had to give it to someone, but Patsy, um, I I. I enjoyed Patsy more than Arthur. Yeah, I mean, in the version that we saw, yes. I didn't actually think Richard Klein quite had the chops uh, for some of what that role called for uh, vocally. Um, mm-hmm. If you'd heard the original sort of recording, I think you probably would agree. Um, but they shuffled things around, and it worked out all right in the end, I think. But uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that character, though. Um, you know, Sir Robin is quite hilarious and uh david hyde pierce i believe played that originally and uh so you can just imagine his big broadway number <laughs> much more comical mm-hmm. i think than probably what we I, saw. I will have to see if i can find track down the broadway version because this was good i imagine the broadway version must be much better though the lady tim of curry the, the, i had a feeling i you know it's like it's, i feel like tim curry was in that oh and yeah he was king i'll Arthur. watch i'll watch tim curry in anything Oh, yeah, in anything. All right. Uh, Tim Curry was not a part of Payback, sadly, the pay-per-view that happened some nights ago. Uh, What happened on that show? Because if I recall, we kind of cleaned house with our predictions. We did, which, you know... Almost. Considering we're at the dawn of a new era, we probably should not have been able to predict it as well as we did. Uh, I, of course... Here's a hint for you, DC. It's a new era in name only. Why do you nothing say that? Nothing has changed. Why because nothing's you... changed. But Shane and Stephanie are running Monday Night Raw. Oh, yeah. Let's take the freshest thing that you've done in five years, putting Shane in charge of Raw, making him a good guy, and making it less about the authority figures. And let's just add Stephanie back into that so that the entire show can once again just become about 
the authority figures and their internal feud. Let's take the best thing you've done in five years, combine it with the most tired thing you've been doing for the last five years, and I'm sure that's going to make everybody happy. Well, I'm not happy. In case I, you couldn't I, tell. I, I gathered that. Did you not enjoy the show? It was okay, but it was mostly forgettable. I think. Um, Stephanie and Shane obviously have an interesting... No. You know what? I'm not even going to give them lip service. I don't think their interactions are particularly interesting. She's doing this whole feigning nice thing to him, and sooner or later, she's just going to stab him in the back because she's clearly still just Stephanie, as we saw evidence throughout the show. So they're just biding their time. I don't know why. It seems mostly like... Spinning your wheels. I don't know. Do you feel differently? Do you think that this is going to go somewhere and give us excellent storylines? Because i got to tell you, once again, it's just making the show about the McMahon family. As I think I said last week, you know, the number one heel, the number one superstar that that company is trying to get over is the company itself. And I don't think... I don't think that's changed at all. I think that's still the I think that's still the case. Well, I'm not I'm not thrilled. You know, I really was hoping for some sort of division. You know, we both talked about this last week that we'd like SmackDown to be more meaningful. Yes, we'd like it to be live, but I was would have been happy if they had done some sort of division where one of them gets Raw, one of them gets SmackDown, and they have to figure it out. The whole idea... Well, there's no way they could possibly do that. They don't have enough wrestlers for that. I don't believe that's true, and you're feeding me, and I appreciate that. You're feeding me more. Thank you. Uh... Because I do want to ask you something, uh, though it's more in sense of, you know, I posted this on Twitter, at DC Matthews NAI. Um, is the WWE roster, including NXT, uh, in danger of becoming too big? And I want to have that conversation, but I also want to answer your question. I think that building that one of the major parts of Payback was going to be Vince McMahon's big decision. And his decision winds up being, you're both in charge, figure it out, was a complete and utter letdown. I'm, yeah. in, I'm intrigued by the notion, however. I'm not opposed to this. This Stephanie as a, you know, and I think you're right. I think they're just biding their time until Stephanie becomes a heel again, but I actually am much more interested in Stephanie as this nice person, air quotes, than I am anything else. So I enjoy... But she's not a nice person. She already she already showed her hand. She canceled the Ambrose Asylum. She did away with Mitch. Like, she's, she's not even really pretending to be a nice person. It didn't even last one night. And she's already showing those colors. There's no mystique here. They, they've showed their hand. They've shown exactly what they're doing. I, Where's the intrigue? There is, there is less intrigue than I would like there to be. And I'm just saying, when you, you, you say you're going to have a big decision, and the big decision is you're both in charge, figure it out, that's not what anyone wanted. I agree. You know, people wanted Shane to be in charge. They expected... Stephanie to be put back in charge. I suppose partly we should be grateful that we didn't get either one or the other, but I found it very anticlimactic that he just said, figure it out. And it was like, it felt like he was literally writing it as he was out there. And he was just like, I don't know. 
figure it out. So, I was half expecting him to say, Who's going to be in charge? My son or my daughter? Neither of you! You're both fired! I would have taken that. I would have taken that. When did Vince McMahon become Richard Nixon? <laughs> in my head, they're sort of one and the same. Uh, I, oh. I, not opposed to that. I'm just Speaking asking. of the character of Vince McMahon, did you watch Camp WWE? No. You should watch it. Why? Okay, because it's only a half an hour, so if you don't like it, you're not wasting that much of your life. You gave Edge and Christian a chance. It's another comedy show. And there's just certain things... Okay, so that's just the setup, right? That's not. I don't expect that to sell you. But there were certain moments within the show that I really appreciated. Um, character moments. The one that brought me up, brought up this conversation right now is there is this moment when Vince McMahon is speaking with his daughter, Stephanie, and teenaged Triple H. The two of them are counselors for this camp, and Vince owns the place. And they're teenagers obviously. for no apparent reason. Well, because they have to be counselor age, and everybody else is younger. Um, they're the you know people in charge. They've got to be counselors, so they've got to be that slightly older. But you're right. It doesn't make any sense when you consider Steve Austin being young and John Cena also being young. But that's not the, the logic that we're looking for. But he's talking to the two of them, and they're going on and on about something. I don't remember what the conversation was, but he's ignoring them. He doesn't care. And he just brings out this recording of historical explosions, and he puts on these headphones. And they're still talking in the background. You can't hear them anymore. And he's just listening to these explosions, and he's just laughing. He's like, ah, oh, the Hindenburg, that's... That's a good one. Oh, that's a good And it's just this, this little moment of Vince McMahon totally buying into that character that everybody perceives him to be. This awful, over-the-top, mega-maniacal, you know, villain who could have only that sort of complete Bond supervillain type of personality could possibly enjoy the suffering of others as entertainment. I, I, it was just a smart moment knowing that Vince McMahon, you know, did the voiceover for this character and knowing that he bought into this script enough to perform and do it to acknowledge that this character that everybody, you know, presumes is actually him. I, I don't know. It was just a weird sort of acknowledgement of the perception of Vince McMahon. And there were several different things like that throughout the show that I appreciated. Um, for that reason, I think it's of curiosity, if not, you know, more than that. I think you would enjoy it. The, the character of DC Matthews, as most people believe him to be, would tell you that watching Ric Flair have inappropriate relations with, I believe it was a boulder... Uh, was enough to make me uncomfortable enough to never want to watch. And a female bear on two separate occasions. And a tire swing. And a tree. I I applaud... It was humorous. I applaud WWE for uh, stretching the boundaries, for trying something new. I believe Seth Green is involved in some form or fashion, uh, which is a, a advantage to them. I believe, mm -hmm. but nothing I have seen 
in any of the commercials, in any of the advertisements, appeals to me in any way. I'm it telling seems, you, some of the seems, writing was very I'm smart. I'm sure you're right, and I'm sure they're going to do things where they pull out a random callback to some, you know, if Waylon Mercy shows up, or if they bring back some guy like that, I will love that. But I am not a fan of sophomoric, you know, PG-13. I loved watching Michael Cole try to explain on Raw that Camp WWE is more for adults, but it's not going to interfere with the family. For, you know, I loved him trying to tiptoe that line, trying to explain what it is. And I do think at some point there's going to be a little bit of backlash, despite all of what they've said, because it's a cartoon. Okay. You are a person who just went on record as having said you don't appreciate sophomoric humor. But I know you. When we were in college, you had like every single box set of Family Guy on DVD. And you used to watch and enjoy that show immensely. Yes. Tell me I'm wrong. Ask me if I still have it. You're saying there's no part of you that still finds some of that entertaining? I applaud. I appreciated the intelligence of it. I appreciated the writing. But even Family Guy, I didn't necessarily enjoy all of the, you know, uncomfortable innuendo and things. This This is not totally an act, you know. I, I understand that, but I don't know. I feel like there is a line that a lot of these shows are able to sort of balance upon. I mean, even Monty Python, there was a lot of, you know, uncomfortable sort of humor that they played upon. Very I'm not uncomfortable. Talking about... Correct. And I think walking that line can be incredibly smart and incredibly rewarding when done well. You, you brought up The Life of Brian. I believe that's the one, or maybe it was The Meaning of Life. There's one of them where at some point... Like, one of the characters opens this, like, window and is naked pretty much completely. That's Life of Brian. I stopped watching at that point because I was like, and I'm out. So, I to this day, I've seen the sketches and I've seen Holy Grail. I don't know that I've seen The Meaning of Life and I don't know that I've seen The Life of Brian in full because, you know... But I, because of your recommendation, it is rare that Doc Manson recommends something to me, I will give Camp WWE a chance, well, and I will tweet about it. I will tell you that you're not going to like all of it. You're not going to like Ric Flair. Although, again, because they're playing upon what has become this caricature of what Flair was, I think it's actually pretty smart and funny. But you're not going to like that, I don't think. Well, we'll see. You, you have to kind of look between the lines here. There, there are these moments. That's what is going to keep me watching that show. I, is that there were these moments that I think a lifelong fan could really sort of look at and can't help but smile upon. I will watch the. I will watch the show. And I will let you know by this time next week, I will have watched and we can discuss my own opinion. Now, speaking of this, we're going to get back to payback, I promise. But I'm looking at your Twitter feed and there are, there are, uh, there are words here that I don't often see you talking about. For example, the word uh, lucha is there. Um, the, the initial- oh, I was just talking about Kalisto, clearly. Uh, okay. The initials ROH are there. Now, you have discovered... Is this a recent development? Did it just change? It or did you did they add these channels to your cable package? Or did you just discover them? 
Um, column A and column B. Okay. I didn't used to get these channels. So I don't know when they became available. But we are in the process of probably um, moving in the near future. So I was looking through cable packages to see what was available on the different tiers of service. Mm -hmm. And when I was looking through that, I said, wait a minute. According to this, we're supposed to get these channels, which I had no idea. We we did not used to get. And now, like, I used to think we only got, like, the HD channels between, like, the 700s, the 700 range. Mm Mm-hmm. These channels are in the upper 800s. We didn't used to get that stuff. But I was flipping around, and yeah, the majority of those channels still don't come through. But I specifically checked out El Rey, and I specifically checked out Pop, and they both came through. So I immediately set up my DVR uh, to record Lucha Underground and TNA. And when I did that, I said, wait a minute. We already got Nessun. And I was going to set up my DVR to record Ring of Honor like months ago, but I never did. Well, as long as I'm setting it up to record these, I should probably set up Ring of Honor now, too. Mm-hmm. Well, as someone who does not pay for cable... Uh, you are a smart man. You are smarter than me. Because and I do not have a DVR. I have to, you know, I have paid my money for ringofhonorwrestling.com. I'm a ringside member, so I get to watch a grainy, stuttering, occasionally just starts completely over video product because apparently $60 is not enough for Ring of Honor to give me a video service that's worth anything. Uh, I sort of think that you have terrible internet. That might be the case. Our Skype sessions are never of the quality I expect. You always come through, for the most part, clean clean as a whistle, but it could be that my internet could use some updating. I don't know that for sure, but anyways, back to your back to your rant. But uh, but regardless, and uh, you know, I I have fully admitted I've given Lucha Underground a chance. It doesn't because WWE Network, I turn on the PlayStation, I press a button, I'm on WWE Network, I can watch whatever I want. Lucha Underground, I have to make sure that my desktop is on so I can look at it on the big screen. I have to go to a website that may or may not be legal. I have to figure out the stream. I have to find the right place. It's more effort than I'm willing to commit to that product. However, now that you've watched, as I'm quoting here, 11 hours ago, Watched Lucha Underground last night. A very different wrestling experience, decidedly for adults. Was this your? You, this is not your first Lucha Underground experience, but uh, no. How did it feel diving back in? It felt good. Uh, so I had watched Lucha Underground previously, which which we, which is what you were alluding to when I had uh, Sling TV. I got El Rey for about a month when I had a free trial there, and so I watched some back episodes of season one at that time. Uh, and you know those episodes intrigued me I liked the production around Ring of Honor I'll come back to that statement in a moment but I liked how it was a wrestling product that was very different from the other options currently on television you're talking about you're talking about Lucha Underground Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say something else? You said Ring of Honor, but... Just, oh, yeah. You're I'm sorry. About I meant Lucha Underground. Okay. I am touching about Lucha. Uh, so those production values, the way that they presented a lot of the backstage state uh, segments as, you know, almost like a segment on a Spanish soap opera, and just the way that that production value felt very different from what you see 
with like backstage correspondence. They don't present it as a sport. You know what I mean? They're telling a story. It's it, it, it's a soap opera, is what it is. It happens to have wrestling matches in it. That was interesting to me. Uh, just a diff- very different way of delivering a wrestling product, and. So that always intrigued me, and I always wanted to go back to it, but I didn't want to, you know, pay for um, the channel otherwise. So I just wasn't, and I didn't want to buy the season package on iTunes because that was going to be seventy dollars for seasons one and two or whatever at the time. So I just never got back around to it. But um, you know, I watched it last night. It was a good show. I really again enjoyed that the way that they the interstitial sections of the show, the way that they glue everything together, I think that's... I still think that's unique. I think that's something that TNA probably should have tried to do long, long ago, um, but they never did. And, you know, the wrestling on that show was very good. I don't... And this is going to be a contrasting thing. I also watched Ring of Honor uh, today before we went live on the air here. And it's a show, I think, from February... But on Ring of Honor, my complaint still stands from the last time that I watched it, and that was basically that... Mrs. Matson is here today. She has a drink for her husband. I don't care that it didn't rhyme. I'm just killing time. Hey. Say hello. Hi there. Uh, w- hello. What, what did Mrs. Manson think of Lucha Underground? What did Mrs. Manson think of Lucha Underground? I loved it. It was great. They're really intense, and they're really dramatic, kind of, I don't know, what are those scenes on the side? Those storyline scenes are like some like Spanish soap opera or something, and the wrestling is insane. People were bloody, people looked really serious. And that's different, right? Um, because as long as you've been watching the WWE product, there hasn't really been much blood. Is ac- blood. blood is accidental. Blood is swearing. <laughs> right. And so last night that was a pretty different mindset to the action, I think. Yeah, it was totally different. Yeah. So, I mean, that was what I was going to get to next. Um, That, you know, the action... I was contrasting to Ring of Honor for some reason. I I lost my train of thought. You were talking about Ring of Honor. You were comparing... I don't oh, know. I was going to talk about the commentary just for a second. Because I'm coming into both of these products without really knowing anything about either of them. Mm-hmm. At least not that much. And Ring of Honor... I watch, and just like when I watched that first episode near the beginning of our day's podcasting, I have no idea who any of these people are. The announcers do not do a good job of letting me know who they are. They don't give me any backstory. I don't really know what's going on or why I should care who these people are or what their feud is or if this is a random match or anything about them at all. The production value of Ring of Honor, just the information that they're presenting and the way that they're doing it, for somebody who's just coming into the product, is lackluster. Yep. Now, in contra- now, contrasting that with Lucha Underground, I watched Lucha Underground last night, and I never thought about any of that. Because the way they were telling the stories backstage gave me enough context that even if I didn't necessarily know who this person's name was right away, I knew what was going on, I knew what they were talking about, and when they did get to the ring, you know what? Matt Stryker and Vampiro actually did a real good job of telling me who these people were, how they were related... And why I should care. They sold me on that action, mm-hmm. and and they did a very good job. Um, I have no idea who Marty the Moth is, but now I know that he's the brother of um, the butterfly lady, Mariposa. Um, like, they said that. 
I would never have known that. There's no reason for me to know that. I wouldn't have put it together. Butterfly and moth, okay, clever. But I never would have just figured that out myself. Um, but, you know, Matt Stryker found a way to work that into what he was talking about. It gave me a little bit of context to know these two were aware of each other, worked together. There was something greater going on with Sexy Star, some sort of storyline that was carrying on from pre... Like, they did a good job of establishing enough context within that one hour show that I didn't feel like I was lost. I felt like I knew exactly what story they were trying to tell right now. And I was able to just enjoy it. And on top of that, the wrestling action was awesome. Sexy star Mariposa gave this awesome, ridiculous, no mas match. I don't, it's basically an, an I quit match, but it was the main event of that show. And you want to talk about women's revolutions in wrestling. You want to see some real women's wrestling. Just watch Lucha Underground, man. It was ridiculous. They brawled all over the arena. They went up into the rafters. They were on a walkway. Sexy Star got busted open on a metal railing. She was bleeding for the last half of the match. Just blood just pouring down the bottom half of her face. It was ridiculous. It's like old school ECW action. And here's another thing. Uh, the, the the choice use of swearing during the commentary, like Vampiro several times was just like, holy shit. Uh, sorry for our family uh, listeners for that this one. This is not but Camp just, WWE. Doc. I'm sorry. But I'm just saying, like, when's the last time you can remember an announcer using that type of language? I don't know that WWE has ever done it. Correct. Because Taz, and then, Taz would come close. He'd go, holy... Right. And then there was this part in the match where the ref was asking Sexy Star if she was going to quit. Well, not... You know, she has to say no mas. And so she basically just goes... She just screams, F you, to Mariposa. But she says the whole word. And she says it like three times. She doesn't say no mas. She says... F you, like at the top of her lungs, mic'd like three times. Like, I don't know if that's a special occurrence for Lucha Underground. I kind of got Steph, uh, 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 you know, it's, I just, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it was that just a special occurrence because this was a big grudge match thing where El Rey allowed them to actually air something of that. So what? Let, let, like, let me, I, let I don't stop know. You. Let me stop you. Because the, the Lucha Underground I watched before was not like that. Let me stop you. Sorry, I've what been going on. What you're saying, I enjoy your passion. What you're saying is a lot of stuff was happening. I think that's mm-hmm. what you're trying to say. There's a lot, a lot of, of stuff, stuff and it was well delivered, on. and it was an adult product that you're not used to seeing. Yes. There's a lot of stuff going on in Lucha Underground that is new and different. I've said this before, either in an article or on a podcast. Ring of Honor is obviously not trying to grow their fan base by any leaps and bounds. They recorded this New Japan Ring of Honor crossover show called Honor Rising back in February. They obviously needed some airtime. So two months later, we're watching these matches and they're putting it on purely for those fans who want to watch who did Tanahashi wrestle. You posted a picture of Tanahashi and he must have been wrestling somebody exciting. You probably don't even it was know. A t- it, was four, it was four on four. Okay. Um, so there's this big multi-man match, which has some J- Japanese talent, which has some Ring of Honor talent. The people who are going to watch that don't necessarily care too much about storyline and things. They just want to watch those wrestlers. Lucha Underground seems to be very different. They want to tell stories. And I think one of my problems is that they rely so much on that kind of dramatic storytelling that as someone who's not terribly into that sort of thing, it takes me out of the experience. 
I'm not used here's the thing, to so though. much storytelling in my product. But here's the thing. As you know, a self-professed fan of WrestleSilly, I don't know how you can say that. Because everything that they do is so just slightly ridiculous, so tongue-planted-in-cheek that... But is it? They don't. They it's don't. Presented like not seriously. Them, well, but that's it. So I can't see it as wrestle silly. They're really trying to. You know, no, no, Marty no. the Moth. Okay, Marty the Moth is silly. All right. At yes. one point, Marty the Moth this had is, kidnapped this sexy is, star. This is and why I love in a cocoon. I get that. That's silly. This but. is why I. This is why I like B horror movies. And you can't tell me. You've told me before that you like bad movies. But the, to me, the best bad movies are the ones that don't know that they're bad. The ones that are presenting themselves straightforward, presenting themselves as face value, this is what you get. And that's exactly what I see in Lucha Underground. It's straightforward, they're not apologizing for anything, they're just going all out, but when you just kind of take it all in, it's ridiculous. And once again, if I could, you know, if I had, if Lucha Underground had an app on the PS4, or the PS3, so that I could watch it easily. You know, if it gets on Netflix, I'll probably watch it again, even if it is season one. And why don't you get two. PlayStation View? What's that? It's a. Uh, it's on the PlayStation Four. It's an app that allows you. I think you pay. A, well, actually, I don't know if it's available everywhere yet. You'd have to look into it. But it's a. It's an IP TV service. I think it's like thirty dollars a month. You get access to television channels, cable television channels. I don't know if El Rey's part of it, so you'd have to check that out first, but you can it, watch stuff on demand, kind of like a DVR, you can watch live television, and I think it's only, like I said, like $30 a month. But again, I don't know if El Rey's on it. I know USA is, because Raw and stuff you can get that way. So it looks, but I don't know it looks like, you know, the basic package, which is 55-ish channels, is $30. If you want 100 more or more channels, it's $45. And I, ha- I would have to, you know, compare that to our local cable company, and I don't know what it would increase to get, you know, those things. But, right, right. You know, I'm just glancing quickly over. I'm not seeing El Rey, but then again, it could be here, and I'm just missing it. I will have to right. look into that. Um, because, but yeah, just an option. But and again, you know, I have plenty at, at this point. If you're going to start watching, you know. I'll, oh, but I would love to hear what you have to say. About I'm just it. saying, I'll just wander over to your house when the summer happens, <laughs> and I have you know oodles of free time. You'll just come home from work, and I'll be sitting on your doorstep, wherever you move to, and you know I'll be like, all right, it's time to watch some wrestling. And absolutely, and we can riff tracks um, it or whatever we're. Calling I'm just it. saying it like for anybody out there on Twitter. I'm sorry that we're now 34 minutes into the show. We haven't talked about payback very much or anything else in WWE. But if anybody I, we out need there, to stop apologizing for the stream of consciousness. That's what that's what is makes this show such right. a thrilling success that we have one review on iTunes. Come on, neighborhood, you're better <laughs> than that. If if there's anyone out there on Twitter who is genuinely frustrated with the PG product that WWE is putting on today. Check out Lucha Underground from this week. It is very different. It's not going to be for everybody. It doesn't quite have that glitz and glamour. And don't get me wrong, there are things that I did not like about Lucha Underground. Um, But if anybody looks fondly back at ECW or the Attitude Era, and again, you're frustrated with the current level of the product, I'd encourage you to check out what happened last night. Check out that No Mas match. 
match, uh, it's it it struck something in me that I didn't really know I was looking for, but I liked it. Did you get to see Matanza, the Lucha Underground Which, champion? Um, I don't know. Is that his full name? Matanza Cueto, the brother. No, I don't think I the saw the brother him. of Dario Cueto. Oh no, I did not. I did not. He'll be on next week, I think, in a graver consequences match. I don't even know what that is, but I want to see I it. I believe it is a casket match. No, no, no. I know a grave consequences match is, but this is a graver consequences match. There's going to be four caskets, and I don't know what that means. Does that mean there's going to be four participants? Does that mean that you have to put him inside of a coffin, and that coffin has to go inside another coffin, Russian like a nesting style. Russian dolls? Right? I have no idea, but that sounds wonderful to me. I can't All wait right. to find out what it is. We we are in the mix of the, there's lots of positivity coming from Doc Manson. Let's capitalize on that. Payback. All right. Uh, the the show began with Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler. Your thoughts? Don't care. But, Although it was surprising that Dolph Ziggler won. I enjoyed Baron Corbin more in that match than probably any other match besides when he told Apollo Crews to go back to Ring of Honor. Uh, That's still there, a side point. A, there was a, didn't see much. There was a level of power moves there that you don't normally see from Baron Corbin. Um, I'm intrigued to see where they go from here. Um, if Baron Corbin were to disappear tomorrow, I would feel zero loss. Would you feel zero loss if Dolph Ziggler? I would feel some loss for Dolph Ziggler, yes. Now, let's go to the big question I wanted to ask you, because I think this kind of goes in line with it, and we'll come back to the payback matches, I swear. Um... Is this roster too big? We saw Eric Young make his debut on uh, no. NXT. I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion we might never see Eric Young again. <laughs> but is the roster too big? Do Is it possible for this company to have too many wrestlers? Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to separate out what you're asking me because I disagree with part of it, but not all of it. Okay. I actually think the NXT roster is too small right now. I think they've lost a lot of their upper talent in the women's division and in the main event sort of scene, as well as in the tag division at this point. And a lot of that went over to the main roster, and I actually think that when you look at it, a lot of NXT is sort of anemic right now. Don't get me wrong. There are big names there. There's some exciting stuff happening. Yeah, we saw Eric Young. We maybe we'll never see him again. Who knows? Samoa Joe's there. Great American Alpha is fantastic. And I love Asuka. But I don't care about Nia Jax or Eva Marie. And Eva Marie, I don't even really think is an NXT star, really. She's straddling both rosters, as she does. And um, in terms of tag teams, who else is there? Okay, there's the Revival, which I will grant you they are good wrestlers. They work hard all day and all night. But I don't really know. There's Blake and Murphy. And I guess the Hype Bros? Like, again, the tag division is sort of anemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Asuka is great, and I'll give you, you like Eva Marie, fine. But who else is there in the women's division of NXT right now? 
sort of anemic. Uh, and as for the main event scene, we saw Samoa Joe, which is great. And they brought in Eric Young, but we don't know if that's a one-time appearance. Austin Aries is there, apparently, and that's going to be great. But he's not really in the main event scene just yet. Um, who else is there in the main event scene? I mean, we saw a preview. We finally got our answer, apparently, that Finn Balor is coming back to NXT. They gave a commercial for his return next week, which means, evidently, he's not going to the main roster, unless they're just trying to misdirect us. I don't know. But... Who else is there? I uh, I agree with what everything you're saying. Glenn, our our good friend, Glenn at GA WrestleNut, um, you know, asked a question earlier today where he said, "Is something missing from NXT?" And I feel like I think we can all agree, yes, something is missing. And what I would say it is is they took such a hit talent wise in the last twelve months that they're spending a lot of time doing, "Hey, meet this guy." Hey, look over here. Here's this other guy. Let's introduce you to him. They're spending so much time introducing us to people, they haven't been able to spend a lot of time building those people. And again, I'll say it up and down, left and right. You've got 60 minutes a week. You can't, you know. There is no need to continue feeding guys to Shinsuke Nakamura. There is no need. Shinsuke Nakamura did not need to wrestle uh, the Grifter and Ty Dillinger and now Alex Riley. No need. Put him in, you know, get right now, get him in the world title picture or the NXT title picture. There's no reason not to right now, especially since I don't think he's long for NXT. But I, I'm just talking about you have all of these superstars in WWE. Right. You have... You have the NXT roster, which I'll agree could but so, use but some. But so, to your point, oomph. I disagreed with the NXT side of things. But the, the the rest of the roster, yeah, there's a lot of people on the main roster. Yes, mm-hmm. you're right. There's a lot of people. So, sh- so should they be moving people down? You know, did we really need to see as much as I enjoyed it? Do we really need to see um, Goldango and Breezy Truth, Truthy Breeze? No. What did that need to happen on WWE television? Couldn't that have happened on NXT and been fine? Couldn't Isn't that have just dust? not happened? No, because our truth had a, a literal selfie stick. That was clever. That's for the kind of wrestle silly I'm looking for. Yeah, fair enough. I laughed at that too. And hey, and Tyler Breeze won on Raw. I could look up when the last time that happened was. But, but don't I you don't just have the sneaking suspicion that? Gold Dust and R Truth would be better used on the NXT roster, like working with these guys. I lost Cesaro when he yes. was working with Sami Zayn. Like if if you could have a two hour NXT show every week, which I think is entirely possible, give me a ninety minute show. Gold Dust is the exact right guy you want down in NXT, and at this point, bring his brother with him. Yes, agreed. What is Stardust doing on the main roster? Bring him down there. Whether or not he's Stardust, whether or not he's Cody Rhodes, let those two guys go down and maybe give the hype bros more of a legitimate chance. And I don't even like the hype bros. I We were talking while I was watching NXT today. Why isn't Zack Ryder and Alex Riley the angry, bitter WWE veterans who hate everything about NXT and are just there to cause trouble and... and yeah. Destroy stuff. Great. Why not? 
Give Mo- give Mojo Raleigh something else to do, or let him go. I don't care. <laughs> uh, give him Ryback spot, and and hey, now those are big shoes to fill. Do you want to talk about that? We probably we can, we can should. Talk more. We can talk more about the you know. I I just wonder. I don't know that they have they are allocating their time wisely enough to accommodate all of these people. And I would be curious as to the thoughts of the neighborhood on that topic at DC Matthews NAI. At Doc Manson. At Doc Manson. DDT Wrestling at gmail.com. DDTpod.com. Register. Join the forums. Share your thoughts. Uh, Ryback. Is he done? Doc Manson. You're the biggest Ryback fan I know. Is he done? Yay or nay? Yeah. He's done. Uh, He didn't make... uh, He tried to make some noise. He didn't make enough noise. Uh... Everybody on the internet loved him for a day, suddenly. But I don't think he made enough noise to change the opinion of Vince McMahon or anybody else in management of the WWE. And in fact, by bringing their business practices into question in a public forum, I think you've pretty much guaranteed that you are now blacklisted, given that you are not Steve Austin uh, at Mm -hmm. the height of the Attitude Era. So... I think he's done. I agree. I think Ryback's done. I think Adam Rose is done. Apparently, he's deleted all of his yeah. tweets and things about it, but it doesn't matter. Don't get me done. wrong. I know I'm not saying that I think Ryback's wrong. I'm not saying that I think Adam Rose is wrong. No. But they're done. But you're absolutely, what, you, what you said is exactly true. When you start to talk publicly about the business practices of this company, things tend to not go well for you. Right. Unless you have the cachet to be able to play that card, and these guys don't. They do not. So, whether it's Lucha Underground Season 3, whether it's TNA, uh, I doubt either would make a part of Ring of Honor. You know, people have been saying they want Ryback to go to Japan, which is fine. I think he'd have Uh, a good success there. Yeah. We're going to see these two guys somewhere else by SummerSlam time, I would imagine. Adam Rose, you're going to mostly see at bar mitzvahs, and that's about it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, which, it, it's unfortunate, because Ryback had an excellent match at Payback. His best match, maybe ever. Yeah. And I was like, you know, when everything happened afterwards, I had to wonder, is this, you know, was he just, was this an audition? Was this his way of saying... You know, I know I'm not wrestling for WWE long term. Let me show some of these other companies what I've got with this gorilla press slam off the top rope or second rope, which I've never seen before. Now that said, I didn't want to insinuate that Ryback maybe did this, um, you know, unintelligently. He actually telegraphed that he was going to do something like this a while ago. That interview that I think we talked about, where he was talking about maybe not being with WWE full-time. He didn't quite say it in those words, but clearly mm-hmm. this is something he's been thinking about for a while. He's been positioning himself in a public way for some time, um, even if he was a little quieter about it before. Uh, I think this is a decision that he came to some time ago, and to your point, was this an audition that we saw on Sunday night? I don't know, but I think he knew that things were going to come to a head uh, in the next couple of months. He knew the end date for his contract, and I think he knew that by the end of this, he probably was not going to be with the WWE anymore. And so he's been doing, as he should, positioning himself strongly, I think, for whatever comes next. I think you're right. And I think he'll he'll land on his feet. You know, I don't know that he'll make 
the kind of money he was hoping to make in WWE. That might not uh, be the point, though. I'm not right, sure that the fine. money... If you really listen to what he's saying, I'm not sure that the money was his motivator. Okay. And this, that that said, I don't think what he said is actually his motivator either. Um, you know, pay equality. I don't... If he really believes that that, if that really is his quest, his mission or whatever... I don't think I'd buy it for a second because it's just never going to happen in a company like the WWE. Sorry if you think that, Mr. Ryback, you are delusional. Uh, but please don't rip me limb from limb. I think, again, you're an intelligent guy. I liked your performances and all that. But I kind of think that he just said that to get that warm and fuzzy feeling from the internet wrestling community. I think he did that to create a positive buzz around himself so that when he does land somewhere else, there's a bit of a spotlight on him. He is handling the politicking of this very well. Yes. So it, I'm just I'm just again to underscore that he is handling this as intelligently, positioning himself as well as he possibly mm-hmm. could. Very shrewd. There, there Mr. Ryback. are there very are shrewd. a lot of positive feelings towards Ryback. There are a lot of people posting their uh, their you know they they stand with Ryback and all of that in his things. Ryback would have never gotten that kind of support. No. If he just continued to be a wrestler. He's done a very nice Or job. if he had just made a stand backstage, quit and gone home. He never would have gotten any of this feel good stuff. People mm-hmm. would have been like, Ryback, good. Forget him. He stinks. Yeah. All he does is injure people. Which isn't true, by the way, neighborhood. He saved Kalisto's life on Sunday. <laughs> he sure did. Um did. and again, everybody can't wait for Seth Rollins to come back, but hey, I don't see Ryback ending anybody's careers, much less an icon's career. So, you know, just saying. Just saying. I, I, I have to make the uncomfortable segue. Speaking of careers that almost ended, Enzo Amore. Ah, uh, yes. Opening match Back to payback. payback. That was a scary moment, huh? That was a very scary moment. Um, you know, I, I am glad he has... Seemingly, he's not posted anything on Twitter, and somebody was giving me grief for mentioning it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that I want him, you know, tweeting every five minutes, but usually when you have an injury, you take to social media to let people know you're okay. So I, I'm a little nervous about that. I think I'm- he got his bell rung. I think he's got a concussion. And I know everybody's saying, oh, thank God it was only a concussion with air quotes because people realize that that is serious but the thing that even though you realize it's serious a concussion especially a bad concussion can be bad yeah that's Um, true so i don't necessarily expect to see him back anytime soon if it actually is as bad as it might be i wrote this in the column i posted on ddtpod.com I have to wonder if there's been conversations over the last few days about whether or not Enzo Amore's real place is in the ring or outside the ring. I, uh, you know, and while I think that conversation may be one that happens, may happen in the future, I don't think it's happened yet. To my knowledge, this is his first real injury. Is that true or not? When I started watching NXT, he had suffered a leg injury and Colin Cassidy was a singles I kind of remember that star bring it up. Okay. while Enzo was rehabbing but is this his first concussion 
To the best of my knowledge, yes. Okay, so admittingly that I don't know the answer to that question for reals, but p- supposing that it is, I think he gets the benefit of the doubt for now, and I think they would give him another chance. Oh, I definitely think they will, but I also think they're going to not hesitate. You know, when you're a guy that size who the entire basis of the character is getting thrown around by bigger guys, including your own partner. Yeah. The chance for injury is higher. You know, if he gets his bell rung one more time, even if it's two years down the road, I think they're going to, you know, especially since Monday Night on Raw, Colin Cassidy totally changed my opinion of him. He went from a guy who looked like Edge slash Test to a guy that I was like, you know, if you tweak it a little bit, he's got a shot as a singles I think he looks a lot more impressive than Baron Corbin, and it's a similar build, similar body type, similar, Mm -hmm. not a similar character necessarily, but of the two of when I look at them side by side, I have much more positive feelings about Big Cass than I do BC. Big Cass is also BC. Oh, right. Uh, Well, Baron Corby boy. Maybe both of them will be in the Bullet Club. (laughs) Aha. I see what you did there. Thank you. Um, I see what Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens did there, which was <sighs> taking which was taking a situation that could have gone horribly Fight forever. Yes, and completely turned that crowd went from high to low to high in about a twenty minute period. Yeah, don't envy those two performers what they had no. to do. But no, man, no. if anybody could do it, it was them, and they did. I Props. think if if. Props. If kudos, if Vince McMahon wasn't sold on those two yet, Sunday night should have done it. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't buy into the Vince McMahon is out of touch philosophy. But if we find out that Vince McMahon is not fa- a fan of either of them, uh, there's been some then, talk that he's not a fan of Kevin Owens because of the body type issue. I, I don't care. That is a you know body type. Regardless, that is a once-in-a-generation type talent. Do you think there's truth to that? Do you think Vince McMahon doesn't believe in Kevin Owens because of his body type? No. I think Vince McMahon absolutely believes in Kevin Owens. I think so, too. I think maybe at first he didn't. You know, if you're looking at pictures of the guy, you're like, well, why is he wrestling in a t-shirt? I'm not sure that he believes he's heavyweight champion material, but I think he realizes... This guy can carry my mid-card until he retires. I think Kevin Owens is the presumptive favorite to win Money in the Bank. I've said it before, and I, I'll even I think go right. so far. I've made the prediction before as well. He wins the world title before the end of the calendar year. I don't know about that. But I, I think I there's think, a good, I think I think there's he, a good chance that Roman Reigns holds this title until WrestleMania. And he might hold it for longer than that. Do you think he touches 434? I think he might. Um, but I think Kevin Owens is, he's got the wrestling skill. He doesn't have the look that Vince McMahon usually goes for. He doesn't look like Ryback. But he has a presence. He has the wrestling skill. He has the verbal skill. He has the it factor. So he's got four of the five. I think you can work with that. Um, but that match was fantastic. Uh, I also thought Cesaro versus The Miz was very good. 
Sure. You know, the Intercontinental title scene is back where it belongs. I am excited. They're obviously heading towards a Fatal 4-Way at Extreme Rules. I'm very excited for that. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the same kind of match that Zayn and Owens was, but it told the story. Miz is a capable worker. Cesaro was great. Uh, Jericho Ambrose, your thoughts? Um, a relatively unexciting match. Serviceable. Both men are clearly um, good wrestlers, but I can't say I saw much there that excited me. I would go so far as to say I'm looking over the card. Yeah. That was my least favorite match of the night. I might give you know, that to Charlotte and Natalia instead, but the ending of Charlotte and Natalia was dumb. But it the was match the stupidest itself, thing they've ever done. Ever in World Wrestling Entertainment? Pretty close. Uh, that's a bold statement, sir. I that think it's stupider than the gobbledygooker. Statement. Is I think stupider, it. I think it's stupider than the gobbledygooker. I'm going to throw it out there. Than May Young giving birth to a hand, or the Katie Vick angle, or well, those uh, big boss see those man driving driving around. No, with see, see, big see, shows. You bring the, all three of those have an element of distaste to them, um, but this was just dumb. So you're separating distasteful versus just plain dumb. Absolutely. Okay. Well, in that case, maybe. Could Bret Hart have looked any less excited to be there? No. And, you know, on Twitter, I think I said something along the lines of, oh, my God, Mick Foley walks better than this guy at this point. And then I felt real bad about that because someone tweeted at me that he had prostate cancer surgery only a couple months ago, and you know, I don't actually have any... Is that true? I know he yes. had prostate cancer. Did he actually have uh, surgery, though, to remove it? I don't know if he had surgery. I could Because I could that's the thing I don't know. Um, but either way, I did feel bad about it after uh, that was said to I, me. I, but I don't I know for sure he had extracted. I don't know that. I'm hoping Let's that see. he didn't. I'm hoping he just had a nice uh, round of... Jim Ross radiation. claimed on March 2nd that Hart had beaten the disease following successful surgery. Hmm. Now, what does that mean? Know. But yeah, either way, I guess two months later, you gotta cut the guy some slack. So yes, but at the same time, I, his mobility formal formal apology from Doc Manson to Brad doesn't happen often, folks. Formal mark apology. your calendars. Medical issue. Medical issue. Um, regardless of the mobility, he just looked... And I'm sure when they told him what they were planning on doing, I'm sure he wanted to just go home. I was because, surprised... Because like, it was like that same week that he had said something online about how he never saw anything special in Triple H. And then like the next night they announced that he was going to be coming out with Natalia to that show, and I was just like, oh man, awkward. You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. Do you think that they did that to, like, just to twist the nice knife a little bit at him after he said that publicly? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, Bret Hart has never been a real vocal support. He's not drinking the Vince McMahon Kool-Aid. You have other guys, Mick Foley even, kind of drinks the Vince McMahon Kool-Aid, especially now that Holy Foley is going to be on um, TV. You're not wrong. Or WWE Network. 
But Bret Hart's never done that, so I suppose there could be a little bit of the this is what you get. But at the same time, I think it's just more they're trying to make the women's division into a big deal, and this is apparently how you do it, by having a quote-unquote big-time storyline or big-time swerve kind of thing. Uh, But like I said, the match itself was great. The ending uh, was dumb. I don't know that I would go so far as to say dumbest, but it was pretty bad. It was, you know, and Twitter, I think, would obviously agree. Um, It was pretty, pretty bad. Did you think the main event was pretty, pretty bad? It was a fantastic wrestling match that, you know times could have made me feel as though oh man AJ Styles really does have a chance of winning this thing except for that whole part about him not having any chance to win that thing but it was a well done match both performers I think did very well Um, and there was drama there there was dare I use I don't know if psychology is the right word because but at the very least, there was a story told there. I went along for the ride. They got me wrapped up in it. I think that they physically told their story extremely well. Better than anything I can think of maybe in recent memory that doesn't involve Kevin Owens mm-hmm. and Sami Zayn. It was excellent. I had very little problems with it. Um, I don't feel like it was overbooked, the countout and then the disqualification thing. I think it went along with the Shane and Stephanie story. I I started losing the plot a little bit around the time the Usos came out. That part I didn't enjoy as much. I would have actually preferred it if none of them had showed up at all. Yeah, I think so, Get rid of Gallows and Anderson. Get rid of the Usos. Those two did not need help to tell that story. Um, So I liked it a lot. Roman Reigns, wrestling a smaller guy, actually looked the part. Over the last week, if you count Payback and Raw, Roman Reigns is looking like the dominant champion that you and I talked some months ago about how we hoped he would be. Power moves, less talking, more just looking mean and nasty. I don't know if you remember, but I'm and I could be misremembering myself, but I think it was sometime around the Royal Rumble came out. I said that AJ Styles is here to be fed to Roman Reigns. And you were correct. Yeah. AJ Styles is here to get WWE guys over. He's here to excite the crowd to make them some money and in the end he's here to get guys over he'll get Roman Reigns over then I imagine he'll move on to Dean Ambrose then maybe we'll see some Sami Zayn Kevin Owens kinds of things but I I think when we look back in five years when we look back at the win-loss record for AJ Styles he's gonna be a guy who was here to I'm not gonna even use that word because people will jump all over me he was here to help other guys look better were you going to say job? I was going to say enhance. Mm. Which yeah, is, I, which I is think, the nicer way of saying job. I think the long-term plan for AJ Styles is for him to be involved in and around the top of the roster. Not necessarily always in the main event or always for the title, but in and around you know, 
that top spot so that eventually he is the guy who establishes Finn Balor on the main roster. I think that's the AJ Styles endgame. I think they're going to try to get him to get as many people over as possible. Roman's first, and then I think it'll be whoever is looks ready and, you know, it kind of makes sense. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I hope I'm wrong about my prediction of Roman Reigns holding that title at least until next WrestleMania. I really hope I'm wrong about that. Between John Cena and Seth Rollins, I don't know that I can agree with that. But you might be right. Well, um, will you give me at least till SummerSlam? Do you think oh, that's... Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. He might lose it to Cena at SummerSlam. Maybe he use, loses it to Rollins at, like, Night of Champions. But y- y- he could hold it for a year. You know, it would be a, it would be a way to get us over the idea that he's held it three times in four months would be if that third run was a dominant one. Sure. So, um, the only thing from Raw that I found worth talking about as we're heading towards Extreme Rules is that Rusev, my boy Rusev, is the number one contender for the U.S. title. I could not be more excited about that. Okay. I, I'm glad the League of Nations I think is I... done. I think I agree with you, though. Like, nothing happened on Raw this week. No. No. This is, you know, it, it, it's, it was a weird kind of, you know, rain. And it's because there's a pay-per-view in three weeks, and a lot of things are going to be rematches. We're going to see Jericho Ambrose again. We're going to see Reigns and Styles again. New Day involved villains. We already knew that was going to happen. The Fatal 4-Way for the IC title was kind of already set in stone based on what happened to Payback. They didn't need to tell any new stories. Yeah. And then just combining that with the introduction of Stephanie with Shane, I really just felt like this week was a stumble. We had four weeks of really great Raws coming out of WrestleMania. New, fresh, exciting stuff. And then this week, suddenly Stephanie's back, setting the tone for me right at the beginning of the show. And then they proceeded to develop no stories over the course of a three-hour show. Yep. Like, I, it was a huge stumble this week. I would me. say the first three Raws after WrestleMania were A's. The Raw before Payback was probably was not a great. B, maybe B-. minus. This one, I would say, is a C. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it wasn't... I mean, don't get me wrong. It wasn't a terrible show. But you know, nothing happened. And when you're doing 52 weeks a year, you're not going to bat a thousand. But still... I was hoping for more um, out of this. I just hope that this is not a sign of things to come underneath the quote-unquote new era of Raw. Did you watch, and I'm sure you didn't, uh, Michael Cole's weekly interview with Rusev and Lana this week? No, I did not. The only reason I mention it is because if you were to listen to it or watch it, and I know you won't... um, I'm just not clamoring to watch more Michael Cole That's fine. enough to seek but it out what is, what ever. Is, what is interesting about it to me is that Rusev has lost most of his accent. He sounded more American than I've ever heard him, yet Lana sounded exactly the same. And I was just very confused. <laughs> like, Rusev right. sounded... You know, what you would expect a guy like that to sound like. 
I, I, but it was it was just a surreal experience. Um, we have some mail, sir. We have three emails and then one last minute Twitter question. So where shall we begin? Hi guys, what do you guys think about Ryback's comments? We already shared it. What do you think the Wyatts will do when Bray gets back? Could see him winning money in the bank. Um, I have no idea what they do with the Wyatts. I, I guess he goes on what they were, the trajectory they had him on. He's going to be a face, and he's going to feud with whomever are the top heels at that time. Kevin Owens. Yeah, I guess. I I don't think he wins money in the bank. I think if you if you had to give the odds for money in the bank, I would say Owens, um, Ambrose is number two, Cesaro is number three, and Bray Wyatt is probably a distant number four. He's in the mix. I could see. I it. think it needs to be. I yeah. I don't know. I guess a heel probably does need to win money in the bank. It depends uh, so on what's happening Owens, with Roman Reigns. Why it could be that heel, but yeah, I don't know. If, if Roman Reigns is going to straddle the line between face and heel, which seems to be what's happening, a guy like Bray Wyatt, who can also straddle the line between face and heel, might be interesting. Correct. But I, I do think it's Kevin Owens to lose right now. Um, yeah, agreed. I would like to see Bray Wyatt come back without Rowan or Strowman and just be Bray Wyatt for a while. Without a family. Fair. Um, and then the final question, which is good because we haven't talked about this yet. Are you guys seeing Captain America Civil War this weekend? Team Cap or Team Iron Man? As always, Nate. Thank you, Nate, at King 8 for the email. Former Bestie of the Month, I believe. He was the inaugural Bestie of the Month. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm going to see the movie this weekend, and I could care less what team people are on. I love you. Jason Maltov of the New Age Insiders. We are proud to be part of the NAI network. Um, but you tweeted what side do you think the wrestlers would be on? Team Cap, Team Iron Man? I, I, I don't care. I'm on team. I want to watch a good Marvel movie. That's what team I'm on. But you told me you saw Ant-Man. Which I is did. a big deal for you. And you liked it. It was quite good. Michael uh, Douglas was fantastic. Paul yes. Rudd was enjoyable. Yes. I don't know the name of the other guy. Nope. The friend. But he was hilarious. Oh, yeah. He was pretty good. And the villain. I think it's Michael the, Pena. I think the problem I have with that film is the same problem I had with the first Iron Man film. You see the heroes go through this month-long training session, this montage of them learning to control their powers and their suits or whatever, what have you, over this long period of time. And in both of those movies, the big bad guy at the end just kind of is like, oh, well, I guess I better get in this suit. And they instantly know how to work it. And they instantly are just like at one with this thing, which the hero was not able to control well for, you know, weeks on end in the montage. Very true. Good point. And Iron I just, had that I've, problem in Yellow Jacket. Yeah. I hate. Good point. I hated that about both of those films. But outside of that, it was a very enjoyable film, a lot of style, and uh, so yeah, now, I'm on Team Ant Man. So now, you're are you pumped now a little more for Civil War? I am a little bit more. I'm not going to see Civil War this weekend. I I, I don't like going to theaters opening weekend. The thirds are too busy these days okay. for me. But uh, and once it gets past opening weekend, 
Mrs. Manson has no interest in seeing these movies at all, so See, it'll probably get away from me. And I know me. it's going to be busy no matter what, but Mrs. Matthews and I subscribe to the philosophy of we go to the first showing uh, of the day, which is usually around 10 a.m., and because I'm an old man, it fits with my schedule, and also it's cheaper. The first showing is We cheaper. usually go to the first showing as well. When uh, we go, we go to the first showing. So, but I, I think Saturday morning we'll be there bright and early. We're both real excited. You know, uh, Mrs. I don't Matthew's think dad is a Marvel fan from way back, and he has passed it on to his children, and I'm super pumped. So. I don't know that Mrs. Manson. We'd have to get her on the show again. I don't know that she's seen any of the Marvel movies. I I think I think I think she saw Iron Man. Mm-hmm. I think she must. Dis- I don't know if she saw Captain America. Mm-hmm. She might have. See, and this is. I think, I think she saw the first Avengers. This is. Why but I, I think, think that might be all she's seen. The Manson Family podcast needs to happen more often. I agree. It doesn't necessarily need to be a weekly show, but once or twice a month, I think. You've I'm gotta, gonna bug her about doing a Marvel show. You've got to weigh in. She's got. Them. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to do this. All right. Thank you, Nate, for the email. Uh, we have an email here. Oh, his name is Mike. How did I not know his name was Mike? At Main Event Swerve. The bestie for May. Sorry we're a little late. Oh yeah, we'll get that updated sooner or later. Hello, Doc and DC. It's your first reviewer on iTunes. And default bestie of the month at Main Event Swerve. And I have two things. First, thank you for the ringing endorsement, guys. The support just bled to the airwaves, and I appreciate it. You're welcome. With that... I actually know you two guys' identities, and here's why. Doc has had great productions lately, but I am a longtime DC follower, and he has a history of great predictions, such as Dawson and Dash becoming tag champs, Kalisto getting a push, and even called Sami Zayn's Raw debut perfectly. So yeah, Doc has had great clairvoyance on the show, but DC had that going long before. You're the bestie of the month for June now, too, main event swerve. I love the show, and you guys compliment each other well in any case. Yeah, we'll see about that June thing. I'm the one who has to update the website. Doc is also the guy that tweets way less than Mrs. Manson, in case you get confused. Not wrong. I hate you, main event swerve. (laughs) I will leave this question out there, though. With this new era, at least after payback, are you concerned about it just being new people in storylines where they lose to the same people? I know I am. Thanks. I'm a jerk. At main event. Not his name. His name is Mike. <laughs> oh, right. Thank Sorry. you, Mike. Uh, are we concerned about it just being... See new- if I update you to May Bestie of the Month after all. I'm just going to make it my left toe. Yeah, you heard me. So are you concerned? You only have one. Well, one of them. Oh, okay. The big one. All right. The captain of the toes. So the far right of the left toe foot. Indeed. Okay. Are you concerned about it just being new people where they lose to the same people? Uh, you know, honestly, I am more concerned about this this great predictions track record that he claims that you have. Do you want to know my secret? Okay. Quantity over quality. I think that's exactly it. If you make a thousand predictions and 
25 a of stopped them, clock is right twice a day. And 25 of them come true. Meanwhile, I'm over here only speaking only speaking when I'm sure on something and getting it right almost 100% of the time. No credit. Uh, to go to I'm upset about this. <laughs> to go to Mike's question. Um, no. <laughs> I would be concerned only about the guys who uh, What's with this th- <laughs> Tweets way less than Mrs. Manson. Come on! Mrs. What is this? <laughs> what is this? Swerve! I am done with you! And you said we weren't going to have any energy for this show. <laughs> Sorry if anybody was trying to sleep. I think I probably just blew out your eardrums. Um, Back to the dulcet tones of the DDT Wrestling Pod Blast. I would be concerned if you're winning versus the social outcast and Tyler Breeze. I'm looking at you, Apollo Crews. I would be very concerned if that was the case. Um, for a lot of these guys, they're making their debuts, and, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have made their debuts and shot up the, the charts. You know, Enzo and Cass and the Vaudevillains made their debuts, and they're right in the middle of uh, the tag title picture, or they were. You know, we'll see what happens with Enzo and Cass. Apollo Crews wrestled on superstars. Yeah. If that's what they, if that's was the plan, why didn't they leave him in NXT? Yeah, I don't understand what they're doing with Apollo Crews. So that would be that would be what makes me nervous, Mike, my good friend, Mike. Sweet, sweet Mike, at main event swerve. <laughs> I hate you so much, Mike. Uh, let's go to a person I the hate. The burning passion of a thousand suns. Let's go to somebody I hate because he doesn't think I bring anything to this podcast. Now here's your BFF. Uh, Chris. Chris Hawk. I'm not even going to give you your Twitter name. Chris. Chris. I... What was your favorite match from this past week? Sent for my iPad. Zane versus Owens. Uh, With Cesaro versus Owens being a close second. I'm going to say Sexy Star versus Mariposa. It'll be interesting to see how your answers change if you start watching things. I will start watching more if you're if we're going to do this regularly. If you're going to know, if you're going to be into it. I won't watch TNA. But I'll watch Ring of Honor <laughs> and Lucha Underground. I'm interested to see what they all have to offer. And we'll see which ones I stick with. All right. Um, that brings us to our final question. Uh, Quad S, Stefan Spice, at Steve0FCB. Um, Quad S would like to know what you guys think Big Match John will do when he is back on May 30th. Good question. John Cena is supposed to return on Memorial Day. What do you think he'll do? When he comes back. Is that before or after Extreme Rules? Extreme Rules, I believe, is the 22nd? Yes, May 22nd. Okay. So it's actually eight after. days. It's not even the Raw after uh, Extreme Rules. It'll be a week after the Raw after Extreme Rules. So, oh, God. Um, oh, God. I know what he's going to do. What's he going to do? He's going to declare for money in the bank. Yeah. Yeah, he is. 
And he's going to win at Money in the Bank, isn't he? No. No, probably not. No, I don't think he does. But I think he, you know, I, I, I'm, I've been saying one of my many predictions, because quantity is more important, is that we're going to see Reigns and Cena at SummerSlam. Um, okay. So Money in the Bank is in June, which gives you two months before SummerSlam. So I could see him being in Money in the Bank, getting, you know... Here. You fantasy book. I'll be right back. Okay. Well, goodbye, Doc. I'll miss you. Mike, you you know. You know you're number one, Mike. At Main Event Swerve. Don't listen to Doc. I, I'm, I'm really good at predictions. It's okay. Uh, anyways, let me actually get to the fantasy booking. John Cena comes out on May 30th and announces he's going to be a participant in Money in the Bank. Uh, Owens is part of it. Ambrose is part of it. Yada, 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 yada. And then we see somebody, I don't know whom yet, but somebody costs Cena the chance for Money in the Bank, just like Bray did to Roman Reigns this past Money in the Bank. And so the July pay-per-view, which I think is Battleground, maybe there's even two in there somewhere, um, will be John Cena versus whomever did him wrong. Um, may, I, I would have to really think about who that might be. Uh, and then that heads into him defeating that person and then being able to say, now I'm going after the world title. And that heads us into SummerSlam. I agree with everything you just said. Thank you. Except the things you said about me. I didn't say much about you. I did talk mm. to Mike, though. God damn it. <laughs> but um, I, I basically said somebody's going to essentially do to John Cena what Bray Wyatt did to Roman Reigns. Cost him money in the bank. He'll wrestle him in July and then wrestle Roman Reigns in August. That's, All right. That's my fantasy booking. Which is not even really fantasy booking because I don't necessarily want that to happen. That's just what I think will happen. Um, but anyways, uh, let's see. Are we missing anything? Uh, I enjoyed Austin Aries versus Ty Dillinger. That was Austin good, Aries' good best match. match to date. I do not understand the promo with the banana, though. Perfect, think about perfect it. 20 was funny. But... Is he Val Venus? Why is he bit. making why is he making sexual innuendos? Why is he talking about potassium? I I don't get it. Maybe that's part of the whole idea. Don't explain it to me. I won't. I haven't felt that uncomfortable yet, and we're nearing the end of the show. So <laughs> I have such a great ending of the show. Doc Manson gave me grief last time because I kind of just ended it abruptly and didn't do a little spiel to let you know who we are as if you've listened to this for an hour and a half without knowing who we are and how to get a hold of us but I've got it ready it's set so um, unless you have anything we've missed it's time to preach some positivity at me sir what's exciting about wrestling this week um to me it's you know it's that there's a whole new world out there just ex- just 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 waiting <laughs> Uh, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, but yeah, no, um, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, TNA. I'm interested in seeing them all. And I really liked what I saw from Lucha Underground. It's 
that was I as you said I'd seen Lucha Underground before, mm-hmm. and even this while. A lot of those elements carried over the soap opera aspects; those things that I liked. This, I don't know if they just got more serious this this season or what, but there was an intensity to that wrestling, particularly that main event, no mas match and match, and you know, there's a lot there that is a guy who. You know, really used to like some of the more the hardcore title things like that. I saw a lot to like in that show, and maybe it was an off week. Maybe that's abnormal for Lucha no, Underground. I, I think, don't know. I I think Lucha Underground is kind of tailor made for you. Between, like you said, the B movie thing and the more extreme action, I think Lucha Underground is a product you are going to enjoy very, very much. So, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what I. I am delighted learn from there. I will go ahead and say oddly enough uh, I think WWE whether or not they meant to or not has kind of found what works with Roman Reigns. Uh, His match at Payback was very good. He did a very nice job. Credit to AJ Styles. But Roman Reigns did well then. Roman Reigns did well on Raw. Uh, this is a champion I can start to get behind because it, there's more of that serious, almost, I won't even call him a monster, but the serious, no-nonsense, I'm-just-going-to-come-at-you kind of guy, an attack that you saw with the shield, and I'm a fan of that. So it, I just, I don't want to cut down your positivity here, but... Don't. Don't be a positivity. I, I, I have Don't to. be a positivity lumberjack. I have to be because with Roman Reigns, I feel like I agree with what you're saying. I liked more so what I saw on Sunday and Monday, but I just can't help but feel as though this is coming too late for me. Just as you said, I think after the pay per view that you've you've officially sort of given up on expecting anything of Dean Ambrose. I think I kind of got there with Roman Reigns. And not to say what he's doing right now isn't of good quality, I just I just don't know that I expect anything from him anymore. Okay. I think that's fair. I think, you know, for there are those people out there, hi Laz, how you doing? Um who are so done with Roman Reigns it's affecting their entire uh, WWE worldview. That's fine. Uh, But, you know, I think you need to give him at least some sense of the benefit of the doubt and understand that this guy can work as your champion um, if handled properly. And if you're done with him, fine. But like you said, get used to it because I don't know that he's going away. So at least this is a Roman Reigns that I can uh, get some enjoyment out of watching. I'm just looking forward to the shirt that says, I'm the guy. I don't know exactly how they're going to get the emphasis on the the, but I'm looking forward to it. It'll be in the middle of the shirt. It'll be I'm the will be in big letters. You know, it'll be the first time (laughs) they use an article as the big drawing point of the shirt. Uh... But there you have it, folks. This has been DDT Wrestling. Um, part of a proud 
part of the New Age Insiders Network. I encourage you to find at New Age Insiders on YouTube. Um, Doc is trying... Are they on YouTube now? They have a YouTube channel. They've posted some things. Frog Balor has a video. He may. Oh, I've seen those Frog before. Balor may or may not Balor. be wrestling yeah. this Friday at uh, Chaotic Wrestling. Um, but Does he need a manager? Because Doc Banson's looking to get into the business. At Frog Balor. You can ask him yourself. All right. <laughs> but I'd like to thank you for spending part of your day, whatever day this is, with us. Uh, I am oh, DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI, joined as always by the cream in my coffee, the the uh, the patsy to my King Arthur. Uh, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> the Galahad to my Lady of the Lake. Okay. <laughs> Go on! <laughs> Doc Manson, at Doc Manson. We encourage you. Find us online, ddtpod.com. Join the forums. Take part. Uh, I have been absent from there a bit too much. I'll try to be there a little more frequently. I'm sure Doc will as well. Uh, Wrestling at gmail.com is the way to get your emails read on the air. You can... Find us on... Go to iTunes. You may go to iTunes. Thank you. I knew I was forgetting something. Uh, Please, please, dear neighborhood, leave us a review. Five stars, preferable. But four stars, uh, only slightly acceptable. Um, You know, let people know that you enjoy our product so you can bring more people to the neighborhood. Subscribe. Send us chocolates. Whatever you need to do to just be a part of DDT Wrestling. Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head on out into that good night? You can find me on Instagram. Oh, God. At Doc Manson. What are you going to post pictures of? I don't. Besides know. your dog. <laughs> That's probably it, but I don't and know. And you know what the worst part is? People are going to follow you just to see pictures sure of so. your dog. That's fine with me. All right. Find him on Instagram at Doc Manson. And follow Mrs. Manson. Yes, indeed. At on Twitter. Mrs. Manson DDT. Because she posts far more frequently than her husband. Far more frequently. And if you want more Manson family pods, well, you're going to have to tweet at her about that. There you go. Let us know what you want to hear from DDT Wrestling. We have all of this airspace, and we only talk once a week. At least until the summer, when I start going to Doc's work with a microphone (laughs) and interrupting his busy day. I'm DC Matthews. That's Doc Manson. We'll see you around the neighborhood and at ddtpod.com.